Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day you're watching this broadcast. This is Dr. Eric Tangumonkan with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop their potential, and deploy it. For the next couple of months, I am going to be talking about the issue of racism. Yes, racism. Some have said the issue persists because we keep talking about it. I am going to disagree with that assertion because from what you're going to find out, racism is a manifestation of something that is deeper than skin color, of something that is more prevalent more sinister than how people look. We cannot afford not to talk about it. And before we make any progress into this subject, I have some disclaimers to make. And before I make those disclaimers, I need your help. It's okay to ask for help. If you are watching this, please do me a favor. Invite other people to join us. That is the first thing you can do to help. The second thing is to subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's just a click of the mouse. Do it and help this message reach as many people as possible. The third thing you can do is to get a copy of this book. Racism, where is your sting? A provocative look at the origin or at the beginning and the end of racism. Racism, where is your sting? A provocative look at the beginning and the end of racism. I am not going to take this subject lightly. It's a matter of life and death. It's a very serious topic. That is why I put in the time and the energy and the resources to articulate a simple yet profound solution to racism. And before we ever get into the solution, I have to lay down some groundwork for us. And this first broadcast 
is going to be laying down that framework. I'm going to give you my disclaimers. And the first one is this. I am not politically correct. I've not been paid by any political party or by any group to do this presentation. I don't have any scores to settle. I'm not mad at anybody. I don't hate anybody. I am not at the mercy of anybody. I don't need anybody's approval to be who I am. My identity is not in what other people think about me, what they say, and how they treat me. I am. I am a child of God, created in the image and likeness of God. I don't need other people to affirm that for it to be true, because it is true. The other thing I'm just going to put out there is this. If you already have an expectation of what you want me to say, how you want me to articulate this issue, you are wrong. That is why I beckon on you to listen. Listen very carefully. Because you're going to like some of what I will say. You will not also like some of what I will say. And that is fine. And those of you who have rotten tomatoes, they want to throw at me. Let me make your job easier. The rotten tomatoes have already been thrown at me. I don't want you to waste your time to do it. I've already been called Uncle Tom. Some of them accused me of black privilege. There is any such thing as black privilege or white privilege. We are going to talk about all this, including critical race theory, white supremacy, Black Lives Matter, you name it. There is nothing off the table because the way these issues are being discussed right now they are having a serious impact we cannot afford not to talk about them and you may be at work right now you are wondering what in the world has racism got to do with my job with being a professional. If you're a business owner, you may think the 
issues of racism have nothing to do on my bottom line. Can I suggest that you are seriously mistaken? Can I put that to you? That if you have a team at work and some of your team members believe and hold sincerely that are superior, that their ideas are better than the ideas of other team members, do you know what is going to happen? That team is going to be a dysfunctional team because the other team members will never be able to contribute. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose productivity. That is why the issue of racism must be treated and treated thoroughly. I'm going to spend the next two, three months or however long it's going to take to slowly and meticulously articulate my understanding of this issue and pave a simple yet applicable way forward that will bring racism and all other forms of isms to their knees. You may be wondering, why another book on racism? Why another talk on racism? Why another discussion on racism? In 2017, I took our son to the library. He was about four years old then. I usually take him to the library to read to him. When was his three years old or something like that? So I went to the library with him as usual went to the kids section to read. And after I read a book to him, usually when I read, I let him play with the building blocks and other toys for kids in that section. When he's playing, I usually sit down, maybe grab a book and read or I'll just watch him. On this particular day, something struck me. There was another kid very close to his age. And this kid, from what I found out later on, was visiting from China. He did not know how to speak English. However, I saw him and my son interact. And they were able to communicate using sign language. And they constructed uh, some structures using the building blocks that they were having. It was so moving that these two kids from very diverse backgrounds were able to get along. No problem whatsoever. Something struck me. I was like, if, if children can see beyond their skin color, can see beyond the lack of language, 
can see beyond their differences and, and, and communicate. What is wrong with adults? What is wrong with us? Why all this talk of segregation, hatred, and fear, and shame, and bigotry? You name it. What is wrong with adults? What has gone wrong? What went wrong? I came home. That triggered something in me that I, I, need, to, I need to do something about uh, this racism issue. I never really thought I was going to address it. Then I turned on the news and you kept hearing, racist president, racist president. Out of a sudden, it appeared as if the definition of racism has changed. Have a few notes here. Just want to make sure that I don't get sidetracked. You may be wondering, you may be wondering, why is racism such a church word? Why do politicians like to talk about racism a lot? Why are the politicians always pounding on racism? Why are they always pounding on racism? And for those of you who think, oh, racism is not really important, let's not talk about it. Let's put it under the rock, it's gonna go away. Let me assure you, racism has a deeper and longer history, as you're going to discover. Now, just, I just Google the word racism. Do you know how many results came out in 0 0.43 seconds? 250 million results in just 0 0.4 seconds. A lot of ink has already been spilled on paper regarding the subject of racism. But the issue seems to be as stubborn as a granite mountain that resists any attempts to be broken down by the agents of weathering and mass wasting. A lot of ink has been spilled, a lot has been written about racism. But it seems this problem is so stubborn, it's refusing to go anywhere. Each time the issue of racism is mentioned, tensions are high. Reason is thrown out of the window and replaced by an emotional outburst that only makes the situation worse. It's so difficult to talk about this issue. So difficult because people stop being reasonable. My hope is that over the next couple of months, we will be able to get to the place where we can reason together. Ask some very hard questions. 
For example, this is white, isn't it? I'm putting on a white shirt. And this is black, isn't it? This is white. This is black. Look at my skin and the color of this iPad. Do they look the same to you? Please leave your comments below. If these two colors are the same, I may be colorblind, but what I'm seeing is not black and black. This is having a very different shade of color to this one. Maybe it's brownish or something. It's, it is not black. This is not black. This is black. Then why are we very comfortable calling me black, calling some people white, when there's nobody that looks like this white shit? Does it mean? Color doesn't mean what it, it says. If we're having difficulties with our colors, how can we resolve this issue? Those are some of the things we're going to be talking about. We need to have a very honest and direct conversation. You hear of black pride. What does that mean? Are you really black? How did you arrive at that conclusion? Who said you were black? What was their intention of saying that you are black? And by the way, how many human races do we have? How many human races do we have? How many types of homo sapiens do we have? Is there any scientific basis for dividing the human family into different races based upon what? What is the criteria? We just go along and regurgitate all these terms without thinking about them. The purpose of the book and of this conversation is for us to start thinking and questioning everything when it comes to race and race relationships. We in the 21st century, we are in the 21st century and we've made a lot of progress. Advances in technology, in medicine, communication, artificial intelligence, and many other areas. But it seems we are having a lot of difficulties eradicating racism. Why is it so? You know, racism has morphed into a new monster. So difficult to define what racism is. To some people, racism is being a supporter of President Trump, Demo a, a Republican party member, white male. You are deemed a racist. What does that mean? If the definition of racism has changed, then let's know about it because we cannot confront and defeat an enemy we don't know an enemy we cannot define. The purpose of writing the book and of having these conversations is 
to offer a simple solution to this apparent complex problem of racism. It's going to be a very simple solution, as simple as when there was a problem in Europe in the past where a lot of women died after birth, and one doctor figured out that the problem was that most of the, the men who were male doctors who were delivering the, the women uh, were also surgeons. So they would go operate on patients, carry bacteria in their hands, and come and deliver the babies and pass these bacteria to the, the women, and this caused women to die. And this doctor found out that if those men just washed their hands, this problem was going to be solved. And people refused. The problem was too, too simple, just washing hands. Took them 30 years, and a lot of women dying for them to come around and accept that just simple wash of hands was enough to stop the death. Please don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's no attempt here to deny the monstrosity and the havoc, the carnage, racism has caused and is still causing. I'm not, I'm not refusing. I'm not refusing the monstrosity of racism. Nobody in their right mind can deny the existence of racism and the harm it causes and the harm it has caused. The lynchings, the murders, incarcerations, lack of opportunities, you name it. But the question is this, are we at the mercy of racism forever? Are we at the mercy of racism forever? That is something I'm going to be addressing that we are not. We are not at the mercy of racism forever. You can't be free from the grip of this monster. You know, why some in the name of awareness keeps talking the fires of racism, I will be using an entirely different approach to address this vexing issue that has plagued the human race for thousands of years. Some keeps talking the fires. You need to ask yourselves, why are they pitching us against each other, dividing and ruling us? You need to ask yourself that question. What is their intention? What is their end game? What do they want to achieve? We're going to answer those questions. If we want to offer any reasonable solution, it's imperative that we go to the source of the problem. We need to dig deeper. Dig deeper. It's important for you to understand that before slaves were brought to the United States of America, 
before they were even caught and sold in Africa. Racism, discrimination, hatred, bigotry goes far, 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 far beyond the enslavement of Africans. And for us to come out of this present quagmire, we need to dig deeper and go way back to the very beginning. You know, the big monster in the room that nobody's really willing to talk about is discrimination. Something that humans are very good at doing, no matter the skin of their color. The bottom line is that by default, all humans can discriminate against other people who do not look like them, speak, act, believe, and dress like them. All humans do that. It's something that the way we raise, what we eat, how we dress, how we speak, when we meet people who don't look like us, we tend to shy away and until we learn and understand better. That is why the propensity to be racist exists in all of us. The propensity to be racist exists in all of us. This does not, this does not mean that there is a racist gene but based on how we were raised and nurtured, we tend to seek for our own unless taught otherwise. That is where there is hope. Racism is a learned behavior. Racism is passed from one generation to the other. Racism is a learned behavior. It can be unlearned. And that is part of what we're going to be talking about. Discrimination on the surface, it's okay. However, discrimination, discrimination becomes problematic when it is perpetuated at the expense of other people. I already mentioned that although there is no scientific basis for dividing the human race into different races based on skin color or other factors, this idea of racism still persists because humans like to discriminate. We like to group ourselves based upon what, how we dress, how we speak, the type of music we like, and all that. One of the challenges that we're going to try to wrap our hands around is trying to define what racism is. I've already said that there's one human race. There's neither Jew, nor Gentile, neither male, Female, we are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one. 
in Christ Jesus. When people interact, when people interact, some have the tendency to feel that they are superior to others. And those that feel that they are superior will do everything within their power to make other people feel that they are inferior. Because to be superior, you need something inferior. This is what I call the superiority and inferiority complex. Racism, racism is a manifestation of something deeper. And what is actually at play here is superiority and inferiority complex. Some people feel, oh, because I look like this, I'm superior, I'm better. And they try to make other people believe that, oh, because I look like this, I'm inferior. How can anybody in their right mind believe that the amount of melanin in somebody's skin determines their value determines their humanity, determines who they are. On what basis? Don't you know the purpose of melanin? Don't you know why some people are darker? Basic biology 101. Don't you know those in the tropics? The sun is overhead. They need protection from ultraviolet radiation from the sun. Don't you know that? Go check it out. Melanin is a pigmentation. Unfortunately, we are in the 21st century with all the knowledge, all the advances in science. And we still need to go back to the basics and talk about melanin. I hear that in India, bleaching cream sells a lot because the fairer you are in complexion, the lighter your skin, the more melanin you can get rid of, the higher your status in society, that is why one of the reasons I decided to tackle this issue is because it is not a uniquely American issue. Racism is not unique to the United States of America. And until the United States wakes up to this realization and understand the universality of racism, 
we will never be able to find our way out of this quagmire. Racism. Racism is not uniquely American. Let me say that again. Racism is not some special problem that America has. Oh, some special problem between the whites and the black in America. And by the way, white and black, colored and uncolored. We're going to talk about all these things. I hear all these words thrown around all the time. Oh, all the colored people, all the colored people. What do we mean by that? What do we mean by that? Have you ever met anybody that is uncolored? Have you met anybody that is colorless? You're going to be shocked to hear that in the Mundani language, the language I spoke as a kid. White, white are called red, red. We'll get into that. And that is why I think it's put, it, it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to use skin color to classify and group people. It's condescending. It's insultive. It doesn't make sense. And those who keep perpetuating this and pushing is they have a nefarious agenda. Why do we have to keep insisting that somebody's skin color, which is just the amount of melanin they have, has something to do with classifying them in some group? Why are we doing that if we don't have nefarious, a nefarious agenda? Why are we doing that? Don't people have names? Are their names not good enough to call them? Must we classify and group them? What is the purpose of the grouping? What is it we're trying to achieve? How has it helped us? It's very unfortunate that some are very proud to say they are black. But you look at them, they're really not black. And some are proud to say, oh, we are white. You look at them, they're really not white. If we cannot even settle down on what black and white is, how are we ever? going to really know what is happening when it comes to racism. No wonder we keep hitting our heads on the wall because we are chasing the wrong thing. You're going to find out very soon that racism is a social construct, that racism is a boogeyman, that racism that term Racism does not exist. But it's something more nefarious, something more sinister, something more evil than racism that we must confront if we ever want to be set free. That is why the main trust of the book is for you, the individual, to know who you are created in the image and likeness of God. And don't let anybody whosoever tell you otherwise. 
that there is something wrong with you because you have more melanin in your skin. That you are a child of a lesser God because you have more melanin in your skin. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. Nobody is superior. There is one human race. There is one human race. And no other human being is superior to another. We have different gifts. We can do different things. People excel in different areas. At the end of the day, Nobody is superior to the other. Believe what you choose to believe. And that is why. Don't focus on changing those who think that people's skin color has something to do with who they are. We are going to be looking at geology, looking at what minerals teach us. That is an, that we, it's an insane idea to try and use color to identify people. Let's not go down that road. Let's not do it. And by the way, stop calling me black. Don't do it. I'm not black. Oh, did I just hear yeah, I said it? I'm not black. And don't dare tell me, oh, don't refuse who you are. That is not who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm not some identity people have imposed on me. I've already shown what black looks like. If you think I look like this, you need to go to an optometrist and check your eyes very well because this is different from this. And I think we need to get serious about having this conversation. And those who are very proud to be white. I'm still waiting to look at people who look like this white shirt I'm putting on. If we want to talk color, can we really talk about color? As I said, I'm not politically correct. You may be already be mad at me, but I think if we don't have a frank conversation, I will keep propagating lies. We are never going to come out of this quagmire that we find ourselves in. The main trust of this book is for each in the V dual to rise up and be who their creator says they are. And that brings me to the point of you knowing that all what I'm going to be saying is coming from the Judeo Christian lens. That is my worldview. That is my worldview. Yeah, some of you are going to say, oh, come on, come on. You're talking about Christianity. Yeah, the Christians segregated, the Christians enslaved the blacks, the Christians have done this, they've done that, they've done that. Sure, I'm not refusing any of that. Just because people cannot practice Christianity the way it's supposed to be practiced, it does not discredit Christianity. Don't forget that William Wilberforce was a Christian. And some of those who pioneered 
the anti-slavery movement in the United States and some of those who pioneered desegregation were Christians as well. We're going to get into the depth of all that. What I just beckon on you to do is give me a listening ear. If, 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 if you really want to know where I'm coming from, I will challenge you. I will challenge you. Get the book. It's free on Amazon. Get the book. Read it. Read the entire message. Read the entire message. And let's have a frank conversation. I'm not running for political office. I don't represent nobody here. I'm speaking. And I will say that today, I will still go back to it. When I was a child, my parents advised us, don't get married to the girl, to a foreign girl. Yeah? Were they wrong in saying that? No. They had a reason. You're getting married to people you don't know, you don't know their family history, and you may get into trouble. But what did they mean by a foreign girl? The girl from the next village who did not speak like us, who did not eat like us, who did not dress like us. They don't know. Yeah, how are they going to trust people they don't know? And today, if some Caucasian were to say, oh, don't get married to a brown lady or brown man or child from a brown family, you may even be lynched or stoned or something. We need to have very frank conversations. It's very uncomfortable, but we have to. You will assume that Africans just get along. You assume that, oh, they look alike and they just get along. Do you know in my country of Beth Cameroon right now we have a civil war? Do you know that? And what is driving it? The same complaints are here in the United States. Oh, we are the minority. Cameroon has the English speaking side and the French speaking side. The French-speaking side, made up of eight provinces, and two provinces are English-speaking. So the French side is bigger than the English side. So the English consider themselves the minorities, and the French are the majorities. And because of that, you have there are some ministries, like the Ministry of uh, Finance and uh, Territorial Administration, that they, they, they make sure they, somebody from the English side never Never appointed a minister. That's when the English side is saying, oh, look, we are marginalized. They treat us as second-class citizens. They don't respect us. They are trampling upon our rights. Now, those on the English side started protesting. The government cracked down on them. Now they've taken up arms. As we're saying, a lot of blood has been spilled. Humans, unregenerated humans, we always look for a way to take advantage of each other. We're going to look at the root cause of this problem and how it can be resolved. I know I've uploaded a lot on you. I just wanted to be thinking and to stay tuned because all this 
issues that have been raised. As we get into the book proper, I am going to tackle each one of them precept upon precept. We're going to get to the in-depth of it, address it in a way that is going to make move us forward. When I was a kid, we were told, if a madman picks your clothes and put them on, and you chase behind that madman naked, you are going to be considered a mad person. This was said because when we're kids, you go to the stream to take a bath, to the river or the stream, take off your clothes, put them on the bank of the stream, and you jump into the pool and you, you take a shower, you bathe. And if you did that, you are naked in the, in the river, your clothes are on the banks of the river, and a madman comes along. We don't lock our mad people. When I was growing up in Africa, we didn't lock up, lock up our mad people in uh, psychiatric hospitals or asylums or whatever. You know, the mad people roam around. So the mad person comes and picks up your clothes and is running away with them and you are naked. The sensible thing to do is not to chase behind the madman and you are screaming, oh, the madman has my clothes. No, you are mad because you are running around naked. You need to first of all go look for something else, put on your body, clothe yourself before you chase behind the madman. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because if some human being thinks that you are inferior to them, if they think that your skin color makes you inferior, if they think that the, the amount of melanin that you have makes you less of a human, please don't fight with them. Allow them to be wallowing in their ignorance. Allow them to wallow in their stupidity. If they knew better, they would not think like that. Walk on yourself. Walk on yourself. Don't just be, just behind mad people. You don't need them to recognize you. You are already a child of God made in God's image and likeness. You don't need their approval. You don't need their approval. Because if you allow other people to elevate you, those same people are going to debase you. All men are created equal with inalienable rights endowed by their creator. Our rights don't come from each other. Our humanity don't come from each other. It comes from God. It comes from our creator. All men created equal before God. We are all equal. So don't dare you subjugate yourself under another human being for them to call you up. You've already been called up. And that is why you need to focus on understanding this. If you refuse to accept that you're inferior, you puncture the superiority, inferiority play. Let it stop at you. I want to thank you for watching. Unfortunately, this has been broadcasted on multiple channels. And I don't have enough room here to do any questions and answers. But I will delightfully receive any questions, any challenges. The number is 214-9083963. Call me. And as I've said, if you want to call me and insult me, I've already been called Uncle Tom. I've already been accused of having black privilege. I don't know what other insult or 
or that I've been, I'm suffering from uh, being discriminated against and I really don't know that I'm being discriminated against and yada, yada, yada. I don't know what that means. So if you're going to insult me, you may have to, you know, create uh, uh, some, a, a very, an insult that really has a lot of, uh, a lot of power or else. Don't go down that, that road. But if you genuinely want us to engage in having a conversation that is meaningful, that can move us forward, please, I welcome that. Let me see your comments. Share this. I promise you, it's not going to be easy, but we are going to slowly get, get through this material. And get the book. Please get the book and read it. Get the book and read it. It's a very powerful message. It's simple, yet the solution works. If you know that you've made an image of God and that, Nobody is superior to you. You can sleep with confidence. Thank you for watching. You've been listening to Dr. Eric Tangumonkin with I Am Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. Tomorrow, we are going to start looking at how it all started. Stay tuned, and God bless you.